Uh, I hate it because we didn't make it to the uh, the fallout, and it's the first time we missed one. Uh, I trust everybody had a good time, but uh, I've been uh, I've been battling that crud stuff, and uh, um, I was I was really I was really concerned about if I went out to last night if I could make it today, and I definitely wanted to make it today, uh, and so. Um, uh, I still need your prayers uh, as I, uh, I minister uh, today. The word for God to strengthen my body, my especially my throat and, and voice. Uh, that uh, devil won't put a cough spell on me while I try to preach. Hallelujah, Amen. There won't be a, uh, um, a choir practice tonight. I think it's in the in the bulletin. Uh, we uh, just. Give us some extra time to rest because a lot of folks that is battling sickness and stuff, so we won't have a choir practice this evening, just service time at 6 o'clock. Now, I'm expecting an explosion because every time every time we we got uh, uh, Brother Paul scheduled to preach, we, we have something break out. We're going to see what happens tonight. We've been trying to get him to preach for I don't know how long. It ain't happened yet. Hallelujah. So uh, we're going to... <laughs> We're going to try to use them tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. I got a word today. I feel like it's for our congregation. Uh, we got a, uh, several new ones in our congregation. That um, uh, God has just recently really begun to move in your life. But also... Everybody, those of us who have been in this thing for a long time, uh, there's something that God has impressed upon my heart. Uh, Folks, I want to be as honest with you as what I possibly can and I know to be. Um, Down through the years, I've seen a lot of people, what you might just say, kind of in and out, in and out. You see them one time, or talk to them one time, they're in church serving God, and then next time you see them, they're out. They're not, they're not living for God. And uh, because of the mercy and the long suffering of God, we all have been blessed. And a lot of people who have, have been out, or, you know, God has, has moved in your life and given you opportunity to uh, uh, do your first works over, so to speak. But I want you to know something, folks. We don't have time to play no longer. We don't have time to be in and out any longer. This thing is coming to a head. It's fixing to wind up. And if it ever was a time for every man, woman, boy, and girl in the church of God to, to get rooted and established in the faith, it's right now. Amen. We need to be established. It's not impossible. As Brother Harrison used to say so much when he preached, there's not one thing written in God's holy word telling us to do that we can't do if we don't want to do it. The problem is the flesh don't want to do it. We got all kind of excuses like, well, I don't have time or, or this or that. But those things just don't wash and they don't hold water. People say that they that they don't have time to go to, go to church. 
I'm gonna pro- I promise you, everybody in this world, we all we all rushed, and we all seems like we got more things to do in a day than what the, um, there's hours in the day. But I'm gonna tell you what, every man and woman sitting in this church and on the outside of this church right now, you make the time to do the things that you really want to do in life. If you really want to do it, you make time to do it. So if we really want to serve God, we're going to serve Him. I want to call your attention to Second uh, Samuel, the third chapter. I'm going to read verse 27, then I'm going to go down to verses 33 and 30, uh, through 34. Second Samuel, chapter 3. Verse 27, and then I'm going to go down to verse 33 and read 33 through 34. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly and smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Ashael his brother. Now let's go down to verse 33 of the same chapter. And the king, this is talking about King David. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dies? Listen to these words closely right here, folks. Look at them close. Thy hands were not bound nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so fell thou. And all the people wept again over him. I want to read 33 again and part of 34. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dies? Thy hands were not bound. Know thy feet put into fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so fail thou. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you today, I thank you and I praise you for your grace and your mercy. I'm asking now, God, that you will anoint me, God, anoint my mind, my mouth, my body, that I may deliver the word that you would have for me to speak today to this congregation, because I believe, God, that you want us all to hear the exhortation of this word today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have I have preached from Second Samuel and First Samuel a lot down through the years, and I've used this scripture before. But I want to take this scripture and give you something today a little bit different. Hallelujah. King David lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dies. Thy hands were not bound, thy feet, uh, nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so fell thou. I want to speak to you today for a few minutes on a subject titled, Fallen Without a Fight. 
fallen without a fight. Look at your neighbor and say, he fell without a fight. The story of Abner and how he died should be a clear testimony to everyone on how easy it is for an enemy who is bent on your destruction to catch you off guard and strike his fatal blow before you even realize what's going on. Now, I'm just going to take my time, and I hope God will allow me to slow down for two reasons. First off, for my body's sake, and also that you can get this, uh, get this uh, of what I'm trying to bring across. Hallelujah. I said that we need to understand that there's an enemy out there, there's an adversary that we all have. And this adversary is bent on our destruction to catch us off guard and to strike a fatal blow before we even realize what is going on. Now, let me stop and tell you a little bit of this story in case you haven't read all this before. Abner was a general of the army of Israel. Now, he was a general under King Saul, the first Saul, uh, first king, King Saul. And... He, he, he led the army. He was a brave man. He was a mighty man. He was a man of valor and a man of war. After Saul had been killed, there was a battle and a strife going on between the house of Saul and the house of David over leadership of the country. God had anointed David to be king. But there were still some dissenters, followers of Saul, that wanted to keep that kingship, kingship on Saul's side. And for a while, Abner did what he could to help defeat David. If you go back and you read all the stories and everything about it, back up, you, you, you'll find all this out. In fact, there's another man in this by the name of Joab. Joab was also a general of an army. He became general under David's leadership. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a brave man, a man of war. And he had a brother by the name of Eshel, who Abner had killed a little time back. Joab never forgot that. Kept it on his mind. Now remember, Saul was dead, and there uh, there was a, uh, a tug of war, a battle going on between the house of Saul and the house of David over who's going to be in authority. In the middle of all this, Abner decided to go to the side of David. Abner realized that God had set David up to be the new king. So Abner began to intercede to David and to let David know that he was going to stand with him. Had a meeting with David. And there was a covenant between them. But Joab heard about Abner coming to talk to David. And he was told that Abner came, and then he's gone. He's free. Got, he's away. Joab couldn't stomach that. 
he, uh, uh, Abner was an enemy to him. Abner had killed his brother. So, that brings us up to the story at verse 27. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. Come here. Come here, Paul. Abner died. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the memorial service that they had for Abner, King David was sad because he knew that Abner was a mighty man. Abner, he had been faithful to Israel. Abner had been a man who, who had brought many victories to Israel led the armies of Israel for many battles. And David was saddened. And in verse 33, the king lamented over Abner and said, Abner, why did you, you died like a fool dies? You died like a fool dies. Your hands was not bound. Your feet was not put in fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so fell thou I mean he David couldn't understand Abner knew all about battle he knew about warfare he wasn't an income skull he was a mighty man of valor and he and he had fought many battles yet when he died he did not die in a battle he did not die engaging the enemy, but he fell without a fight. He fell without doing anything. David said he fell like a fool. Hallelujah. He fell without a fight. There are many people who have fallen prey to Satan's devices through the years, many of whom had been great warriors for Jesus Christ. Yet at the time of their defeat, they seemed to fall without a fight by unsuspected blow from the enemy's hand. I hope you're hearing what Pastor is telling you today. There have been many people who have been out there in the heat of the battle, right there in the heat of the war, and taken down many of the enemy of the Lord. But there they are dead today. They're in the graveyard. I'm talking about spiritually now. They fell. They have fought many spiritual battles and won. But in the day that they fell, 
They didn't fall while fighting. They didn't fall while standing up, amen, and contending for the faith. But they fell without a fight. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no need for somebody of the caliber of Abner to die the way he died. Don't make any sense. Hallelujah. A warrior being duped like that, being tricked like that. But yet, God spoke in my spirit that there's a lot of people in the church right now that's going to go down. And they're going to go down not because they lost in a battle, but they're going to go down without a fight. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be arrogant and prideful and stand up here and tell you, hallelujah, like Peter did the Lord, that I'll never, I'll never, uh, 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 desert you. I'll never, uh, say nothing against you. I mean, I'll, I'll lay down. I mean, I'm not going to be that arrogant as Peter was. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Hallelujah. Amen. I might go down, but this boy is going to go down fighting. Hallelujah. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to turn my back to the enemy. I'm not going to quit. If I do go down, Brother Paul, amen, I'm going to go down battling. Hallelujah. I'm going to go down swinging the sword. I'm going to go down yelling. Hallelujah. Lord, I got to face of the enemy. I ain't going to just hand in my head on a platter. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Let's talk about a couple things about this situation. What, what put Abner in this situation? Number one, Abner was too trusting. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty today. I'm going to say some things. might be hard for some of us to, to stomach. Hallelujah. But truth, sometimes it's bitter when you put it in the mouth. But as the Bible says, when you swallow it, when you come go down to the stomach, it becomes like a honeycomb. Abner was too trusting. I want, I noticed a scripture that, that Paul told Titus in Titus 1 and 15. Hallelujah. This is what, and Titus was a young minister like uh, uh, Timothy was. He said, To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defied. I, I, defiled. I, want, I want you to notice the first part of that scripture. Unto the pure, all things are pure. God gave me that verse in my study as I was praying this morning. To the pure, all things are pure. For the most part, and follow me now, for the most part, a person who has pure motives and desires to do the right thing reaches out to everyone with love and trust. You take a person that don't have uh, uh, an agenda, their motives are pure, they, uh, uh, they, they, they have a desire. To do, the, the more you, you become like that, the more, the more you have that you reach out to people with, with love and trust. Because it becomes hard to imagine that everyone else around him doesn't have the same pure motives that he does. 
Come on. Unto the pure, all things are pure. When you, when you allow God to purify you and to cleanse you, and you become a new man or a new woman in Christ Jesus, your motives change. Your attitudes change. And after you live that way for a while, you, I mean, it becomes natural. You think, well, you know, unto the pure, all things are pure. I mean, you want to think the best of everybody. Come on. Somebody tells you something, you want to do your best to believe them. Come on. Hallelujah. Because unto the pure, all things are pure. But let me tell you something. Satan uses people we love and trust to do us in and cause us to fall without a fight. Hallelujah. I said the devil will take people in our lives that we love and that we trust. And he will use them sometimes without their even realizing what's going on. Sometimes uh, they're, they're honorary and hateful and don't know the Lord themselves, and they, they do it in intention. I mean, I'll just be plain facts, folks. You got some kin folks that's tickled to death that you go to church and serve God, but you got some other kin folks that can't stand you because you do. Hallelujah. You got some friends that are happy because you're trying to serve God, but you got some other friends, man, that just, they just wish you'd just give up the whole thing. One reason because every time you get around them, you make them uncomfortable. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, be at the type of person that's always trying to preach a message to somebody. Amen. Your very presence makes them uncomfortable. Hallelujah. I just wish. I just wished, uh, amen, so-and-so would be like they used to be before they got caught up in that cult over there. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, unto the pure, all things are pure. Hallelujah. I never will forget. I can, I can remember, folks. I can't remember what it was, but I can remember the first, the first lie that was told on me. Hallelujah. I can remember that when I found out about it. And I couldn't believe it. Man, it just it pulled the rug out of me. I mean, because, I mean, I was a new pastor. My first church pastor. I've been preaching for 20 years, evangelizing all over the country. And, man, it just pulled the rug. I couldn't believe it. Because, as the Bible says, I thought everybody in that church had the same motive. I came, I had, there was, my, there was a motive for me being there. My motive, I felt like God had put me there, and I was there, amen, to try to do something for the kingdom of God and see souls saved. I thought that everybody else had the same motive. But I found out that everybody didn't have the same motive. Everybody don't go to church for the same thing. Hallelujah. Some people... Some people take positions in the church because they honestly want to, to, uh, to help the church and to do something for God, and they want to be a servant. They want to be a servant. Hallelujah. But some people take position in the church. Hallelujah. It's because they want to be able to be able to put the finger on somebody else and tell somebody else what to do. And I'm, I, I tell you right, right now, so whoever's got that kind of attitude, they don't, have, have no kind of, they don't need to have no kind of position at all in God's house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we all are servants in God's sight. We're here to serve one another. 
Hallelujah. And so the enemy, which is the devil, the adversary, he will, he will entice people that you love and entice people that you trust. And like I said, sometimes they might not even realize that they're being used by the devil. And I'm going to tell you, there are times, I realize, there are times, even while, since I've been preaching, there have been times that I've let the devil use me and I didn't realize it until later. The devil can get uh, can, can can use anybody for a tool. Amen. And and he likes to do that with people that we love and people that we we trust. Because who would think that a parent, a spouse, a relative or best friend could possibly be holding a hidden sword waiting for the right moment to strike a fatal blow? Hallelujah. Who would think, amen, that a mother or a father whether they whether whether they realize what devil's doing through them or whether they don't, it really don't matter. Who could think a child, a best friend? Hallelujah. Somebody that, that's been a close companion. But I'm going to tell you, folks, it happens every day. It happens every day. There are people right now who are, living, uh, who are lying in a spiritual graveyard who one, at one time were giants for God and who fell and they fell without a fight because they didn't think they'd have to fight mama. Hello, somebody. They didn't. They fell without a fight because they didn't, they didn't think they'd ever have to fight their husband. A child, a close friend, somebody that they hung out with and hung around with since, since high school. But I'm going to tell you something. Things change when you give your life to God. Things ain't the same. Not only are you changed, but the people that you know will change the way they feel about you. Hallelujah. Glory. In the battle for souls, Satan will use people you trust to take you out. He knows if you saw, and listen to me now, listen to me. He knows, the devil knows, that if you saw a known enemy coming towards you with a sword, sword drawn in your hand, that you would stand ready to fight. Come on. Hallelujah. The devil knows that if you, if you looked and you saw an enemy, someone that you know that's an enemy, I mean that, I mean, it's been evident that that person's an enemy against you. He knows if you saw him coming towards you, amen, ready to take you out, you, you're going to defend yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. He knows that. So very seldom does he use somebody like that. Very seldom. A mother, a son, or daughter, a husband, or wife might never, we might never suspect, like Abner did, Joab, causing us to fall 
without a fight. Abner didn't suspect Joab. He thought they was on the same side now. We're fighting on the, we're in the same army now. We're on, we're on the same side. We all got the same motive. We all, we all pledged our allegiance to King David. That's what Abner thought. But he wasn't around when Joab hid that sword. I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. Hallelujah. It's real quiet. There's not a whole lot of shouting going on in this message. But I'm going to tell you something. God's speaking to somebody. I've seen this happen. Some of our older people that's been in this congregation have seen this happen. I remember, I remember one couple we had started coming to church a few years back. I'm not going to call no names. Going through all kind of problems. This guy, uh, he, uh, uh, he, got out, he got out of jail. He had been in, been in jail and uh, and he going through all kind of problems and uh, with, uh, with with drugs and, and various things. And, uh, and 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 the very first time that I met him, he come 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 to me, knocked knocked him off his door, and wanted to know. He said he had to do some some community time. The judge said if he would do so much com- um, community service that uh, he could knock off some of his jail time and could, uh, if there's some work that he could do around the church, and if I'd be willing to allow him do that and then sign an affidavit, amen, uh, for him to give to the judge. And uh, uh, I, uh, I, I did that, and he did some work for the church. And they, uh, they moved in this little trailer park right up the road here. And they was coming to church, and I mean there was a there was a few services. Man, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, just got all over him, and uh, and then uh, young younger wife there, uh, which um, for a while they, uh, they they wasn't married, but uh, and it seemed like for a while everything was going to go all right. And you know what? When you start trying to live for God and do something for God, you're going to stir up hell. You're going to make the devil mad, and he's going to do everything he can do to take you out. Hallelujah. The next thing I know, that little young girl came up here crying, knocking on the door. Says, Pastor, says, please, I don't know what to do. I said, what's wrong? She says, uh, uh, he is... Uh, He's let his wife, his, his mama move in, and we're trying to take care of her now. And she says, please, she says, I don't, she says, I don't mind trying to help her out. She says, but she's bringing alcohol and drugs in here. She says, and uh, says, he's out right now drinking. Said he had been clean for a while. And... Uh, that started something that we went back and forth, and we did everything that we could do to try to help out that situation and pray. And I mean, but it finally it just didn't. It was over with. And you know what I'm talking about, brother. Brother Darrell did a lot of help here uh, in, in this area. You see, and then he talked to me. He said, he said, he, he told me one time. He said, he said, brother Sam. He says, but he said, he said, she's my mom. He says, I can't, I can't put her out. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, the devil's using her to kill your soul. That's why Jesus made the statement. 
He says, can't nobody come to me and be my disciple unless you hate father, mother, sister, brother, husband, wife, and children. Hallelujah. I mean, there comes a time, folks, that you've got to quit being too trusting. Abner was too trusting. And he died on count of it. I know it's in our Christian nature to want to reach out to love and trust and try to help somebody, and we need to. But listen, the, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that we need to be wise as serpents. we got to realize, Brother Dallas, you can't help somebody who don't want to help themselves. You'll wind up you'll wind up destroying your own self, causing you to lose everything you got if you keep pouring something out on somebody who's not trying to um, uh, help themselves. The Bible says yes that we're to reach out and love and, 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 and trust. But the Bible also says, by their fruits you shall know them. There comes a time, Brother Bobby, amen, that you give and that you give and you do everything you can and you realize that everything you're doing is going down the toilet and ain't doing no good. And you've got to start looking at the fruits and say, what kind of fruits are they bearing? And then you've got to pray, God, for boldness that you'll be willing to stand up and be a woman and be a man. And no matter who they are and say, this is it. It's over. No more. Because not even God wants you to allow that to continue to happen. Hallelujah. You're going to wind up falling without a fight. You're going to allow somebody to pull a sword on you and destroy you. Somebody that you love. Somebody that you trusted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Matthew 10, 34 and 36. Put that up, brother. This looks strange coming from the mouth of Jesus. He said, Thank not that I am come to send peace on the earth. Well, I thought Jesus was the Prince of Peace. What's he doing saying this? Thank not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man, listen to this now, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and a daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Hallelujah. And the last verse, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You better hear what God's saying. God gave me a word today. I feel like if there's somebody in the house that's living in danger, there's somebody that the enemy's already got the sword. Hallelujah. You don't know about it. My Lord. Hallelujah. I am come to set a man at variance against his father, the daughter against her mother. Why is that? I mean, that don't, that don't sound reasonable. But it is, folks, if you've got one that's living in light and other living in darkness. Hallelujah. It's one thing to pray for somebody and to do everything you can to try to get them saved. But you cannot take your eye off of them 
for a moment. You cannot, amen, trust her even though they are a relative, even though they are a best friend. If they're not saved, if they, and I'll take it one more, if they're not Holy Ghost filled, you cannot take your eye off of them. Hallelujah. Glory. We become too naive like Abner did. Hallelujah. I've got to move on, and I'm, i got to close. But not only was Abner too, too trusting, number two, Abner was too sure of himself. Like King David, when I was reading this story over again, I was thinking, I says, now, man, Lord, this just don't make sense why Abner allowed this to happen. Now, the Bible don't come out and say in word, word for word, what I'm fixing to tell you. But I feel in my spirit that God gave me this, and I think I, I, I feel that, that this was part of the problem. Abner was too sure of himself. Listen, as I've already said, Abner had been the top general of the army of Israel. He had fought many battles and killed many men in war. He no doubt felt like he could defend himself against one man. Hallelujah. This is what God quickened in my spirit. I said, man, why in the world? I mean, he knew he knew that, that Job had something, something against him, Joab, because he had killed Joab's brother some time back. Why? why? I mean, that really don't make sense. And the Spirit of God began to tell me, he said, because of what Abner had been through, because of all of the battles he'd won and all the glory that had been pushed upon him, Hey, he was too—he was too sure of himself. Abner had been in a battle to where he had fought two or three men at one time and took them all down. So I feel like that Abner maybe just had a little bit too much confidence in himself. Hallelujah! He thought, well. You know, I've handled two or three at a time out in the battlefield. I don't need to worry about going up here talking to this one man. You hear what I'm saying? He was too sure of himself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Listen to what the Word of God has to say about that. Hallelujah. I see far too many Christians who, like Abner, are too sure of themselves. Satan can't fool me. Satan can't defeat me. Anytime you fail to realize that it's God who fights the battles and wins, not you, you're headed for a fall. Hallelujah. The devil can't trick me like that. The devil can't defeat me. Hallelujah. A lot of times, Christians who've been battling, fighting for a long time, or maybe maybe they just got the Holy Ghost and they just feel so much power in that new Holy Ghost, they think, well, man, I can, I can, you know, the devil can't do nothing to me. Those who think that way are those who are doomed to fall. Listen, you know, there's a lot of scriptures I can go, but my time is running away. I want to, I want to bring up 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. Listen, what, look at what 1 Corinthians 10 and 12 says. Wherefore, let him... Uh, and we can we can we can paraphrase that. We can say him, or we can say her. Hallelujah! It ain't just him. Wherefore, 
Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Don't get too sure of yourself. Don't think like Abner. Well, man, I, I, I did defeated three or four at a time out there. Surely this, you know. Let, can I, I've seen Christians go too far in trying to win their friends and their family to where they get a little bit too close to the world themselves. And they say, well, I can't be deceived. This stuff can't, it ain't going to rub off on me. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the motors are good and they really, they really want, uh, uh, they really want, they want to see a loved one or a friend, amen, uh, get saved. And you, maybe, yeah, hey, there, there's, there's got to be a line that we all draw that no matter who it is, for the sake of your own soul and for the sake of God, you ain't going to step across that line. Come on. Hallelujah. Uh, you don't step across that line because you're going to head for fall. Wherefore, let him that think he standeth take heed lest he fall. Don't ever think, amen, well, look here what I've done in the past, whatever. It's never been you in the beginning. It's been always been God. Second Corinthians 3 and 5. I'm going to say this, quote this one, and we're going to close. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah. Abner was putting too much confidence in his military training. He had been to the finest boot camp in Israel, and then he had went up the ranks to the top dog, to the general. He was putting his confidence in the wrong area. Hallelujah, folks. Our confidence ought to be in Jesus Christ and Him alone. As the song says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. you got to determine within your mind. Brother Darrell, I want you to come on up and get a course ready. you got to make a determination. Are you going to allow the devil to take you down without a fight? Are you going to be knocked out without even you pulling the sword out of the sheath and to try to defend yourself? Are you going to allow the enemy to trick you like he did Abner? There is a danger to this. There's a danger. Hallelujah. Travis said something earlier, and it's so true. Let me tell you something. This, thing, this thing's not easy. It's a battle. It's a struggle. It seems like sometimes the harder you try, the forward, the more you try to go forward. You sometimes you think it when you take one step forward, the devil knocks you two steps back. That's that's why the Bible, Paul said, I pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You got to press into it, folks. It is a struggle. It is a battle, and you got to realize. You got to realize, there's a song that I used to sing. Well, not just me, but everybody used to sing it back in the, back then. And we'd travel around a tent, tent revival. Just about every revival I had, I'd sing it one time. 
Song was, well, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. I'm on my way to Canaan's land. Oh, Lord, I'm on my way. Yes, I'm on my way. One verse says, if mother don't go, I'm going to journey home. If brother don't go, I'm going to journey on. If father don't go, I'm going to journey on. I'm on my way, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all want our families and our friends saved. Hallelujah. But we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Because some of them, the devil will use take you out to where you don't see it coming if you saw it coming you'd fight but you didn't see it coming you didn't have a time to fight stand together anybody needs to talk to God today Brother Darrell why are you saying Lord I am weak but thou art strong feeling that it's more than one needs to come down and pray Give us wisdom. Give us boldness to. If we have to hurt somebody's feeling, we're willing to do it if we have to.
is my plea. Lord, yes, yes, to your will. 